What's up, everybody? This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. I hope you had a wonderful holiday, the holy day, Christmas. You know, I uh, I realized probably, I don't know, about 10 years ago, that holiday is really holy day, but sort of smashed into one word. Instead of a Y, it's an I. So anyway, I enjoyed Christmas. Uh, really didn't do much. Uh, tried to make a fa- family gathering, but I mean, that Arctic blast was no joke. I mean, it was really, really cold. So, so cold that, you know, yesterday felt like, you know, a warm-up at 30 degrees. And right now it's about 20-something, and it's uh, or 16. My car said 20 at first, but now it, it, it went down to 16 um, as I was driving, but yeah, it's cold, and, uh, you know, my mom wasn't getting out on that, and I couldn't force her to be out on that. Had the gathering been earlier in the day, you know, like noon, <laughs> I might have had a shot, but she was like, no way. She was so cold in the shower, like, it just wasn't even worth it, and it's pretty much been arctic and cold, and, uh, I've been just pretty much trying to be in the house as much as possible, uh, it's it's unpleasant, um, and I feel sorry for Buffalo. They've always had horrible weather, so I don't know that I could ever live there. Uh, that that it's probably beautiful too, because I think upstate New York is really pretty. But that that cold, I've never been quite that far north, but uh, that just I the coldest I've ever been was in Boston. Well, it's a tie, Chicago in December in Boston uh, in March and June I remember freezing my tail off I think it was snowing in June in Boston Uh, and I like Boston I know a lot of people of color have had issues there and they don't care for it but I think I just like a really smart city and there are tons of universities there I mean it's just a an intelligent population and it's super blue. So people that you would look at and think were were in St. Louis would be probably dyed in the wool Republicans aren't in Massachusetts. They're completely Democratic. And I don't know if that's like the Kennedy effect or what. But anyway, it's it was cold here. It's still cold here. Uh, I don't ever see me living in some place like Florida, but I get it. I completely understand because the older you get, the harder these these winters are on your body. They seem to be getting more extreme. And hopefully at some point, we will start to take climate change a lot more seriously. Um, because we're not designed for these extremes. We're not designed to survive these extremes. Uh, so, And they're only going to get worse. You know? So well, here's the thing. The earth is going to survive. Humans might not. You know, I know that a lot of people don't really put the pieces together, but dinosaurs just disappeared and never came back. I can see that happening to humans, at least some humans anyway. The lower consciousness human, I'd be okay without them. (laughs) You could get rid of them. (laughs) I did a deep dive all weekend on YouTube, and uh, I decided to take uh, a song that my music team did and flesh it out a little bit more, maybe make a short film, maybe, you know, do something with it. It just came to me. Um, As I was watching these videos, 
I remember, now I'm not saying this is true for everyone, and I'm not saying this is true for the entirety of Los Angeles, but I remember when I was there in the early 90s, shopping screenplays, setting up meetings with these producers, mostly male, Uh, One of my friends from high school decided she was going to produce my script, and she did a great job in terms of getting us meetings, getting the script read, and opening doors uh, that I wouldn't have done on my own because I'm a writer. I'm not a... At that point, I definitely wasn't trying to be a producer. And there was no such thing as the Internet, and there was no such thing as just film it yourself and, you know, uh, movies that were filmed, you know on their own independently looked like it. They looked like they didn't have any budget. And so, you know, we were just out there. I also had my friends out there from college and I'm not going to lie to you. The film industry to me always felt sinister. And I didn't even know the stories about uh, the casting couch. I didn't know anybody at that time who had been subjected to sexual harassment for a role in a movie. I have since, uh, found out that I did know somebody uh, and maybe more somebody's who had been, um, you know, exchanging uh, their femininity (laughs) for, you know, work. And, um, you know, I didn't know that many younger, you know, many of my favorite actors when they were young were brutalized. I mean, Natalie Wood was sexually brutalized allegedly by Kirk Douglas to the point where she had to be hospitalized after, you know, he had this aggressive, rough sex with her. And Allie Wood was a child star. But about 16, uh, Kirk Douglas decided he wanted to, to experience her sexually and brutalized her, allegedly. Um, that's been a, a, a rumor or a story that's gone around, and I don't know why anybody would make that up. People don't make up rape stories. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they do but for money, but a woman of her caliber and her talent wouldn't have to. And it doesn't look good on Kirk, but, I mean, that was that's the story that's told oftentimes. And I, I think it's weird, too. Uh, what, what if you do all that and you don't get famous? What if you are uh, you're sexually sacrificed and passed around and you don't get any fame out of it? You know, because that's what we're dealing with in the music industry. I don't know how long this has been going on, but it seems like a lot of people have just been uh, used, assaulted, um, and demoralized and degraded. And, you know, they've sold a few records. You know, like, it's just, it's sad. And some of these people have sold a lot of records. And I don't know that I believe it's called the Illuminati or anything like that, but I do believe that there is a controlling group of people um, who like the power and use their power to advance uh, people that they deem they can make money from, but they also uh, use them sexually. And I'm not sure the sex is about sex. I think it's about power and control. And, um, you know, a lot of it is homosexual based. And a lot of it is I'm going to use this to extort you. 
And these are people, I don't know how they're getting on YouTube and telling these stories and naming names and they don't feel afraid, you know, but there's a certain producer who a lot of people have died around a lot. And it's like, these people are dying of unnatural causes and young and, uh, it should bring some pause, (laughs) but it hasn't. (laughs) It's very strange. I mean... I'm not a conspiracy theorist either. You can you can make a logical leap to be like, wait, these things don't seem to make sense. And uh, the people who are talking, they don't seem unhinged or crazy, you know. And listen, to be clear, I'm not 100% opposed to Kanye and what he's saying. I'm a, I am um, opposed to how he's saying it and how he's out here delivering things. You know, but I don't doubt that he I don't doubt that he has some sort of bipolar disorder. I really believe that because I've seen it before. But I'm not saying what he's saying is completely off the off the mark. You know, it's it's how he's being that seems, you know, not right. But who knows what he's you know, what else he's had to endure Um you know, being a part of the Kardashian family, how many men survive that? A lot of the men that used to date one of them come, they come out like, oh boy. And he married Kim, but I do think she had her hands full because when he's not medicated at all, he seems particularly paranoid and unhinged. But I didn't, I don't think he's completely wrong. And I think the problem is we get into this gray area. Now, the Hitler shit is crazy. Like, stop. Don't say stuff like that. That's insane. But where we get into the gray area is when we start thinking only certain types of people commit certain types of crimes. So when you start saying, oh, it's all Jewish people or, oh, it's all, you know, black people or, oh, that's that's where you get into the problem because you can't go into generalizations. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that there are people who are just criminal minded and it doesn't matter what their background is. They can be black, white, straight, gay, old, young, criminal minded people do criminal minded things and it doesn't matter what their background is, you know? So when we get comfortable enough to just call it what it is, that there are, there are good people and bad people. There are, are holy people and evil people and the evil people look like everyone there's not just one specific type of person that does something. It, 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 hey, there's someone sinister from every background. So that's where you need to, like, psh, America loves race and racial discussions. And someone does that on purpose because they know if they throw you off the scent of the real problem with saying something is racist or racism, then you'll just focus on that and nothing else. Why, why, why is it that no media outlet is outraged that black people are slaughtering themselves, ourselves? Well, not me. I'm not slaughtering anybody, but you know what I mean? Like I'm a black woman. I, I read the crime statistics in my city and it's just unsettling and it's unnerving for me as a person to just look around my community and be like, why are we just slaughtering each other? Why have we been programmed to kill ourselves? Their music is, is 
dangerous and sad and it's teaching all the girls to just be these sexual like hypersexual unintelligent uh you know basically doormats for men and then uh the men are programmed to just go have sex and make kids with all of these um you know, hypersexualized women, not be partners, just make kids with them and then get shot down dead in the street. Like what kind of, what is that? And why does no one talk about it? Is the media complicit in it? I mean, without podcasts like mine or YouTube, a multitude of YouTube channels to talk about some of the topics, why, how, You know, you could just see like no media outlet would touch it. Why won't 60 Minutes investigate black on black violence and the music, the connection to the music? It's been a problem. I wrote my thesis on it. And and when I was in grad school, I wanted to get my master's degree. My thesis was the effect of media on culture. And there was a whole portion of it designed uh, dedicated to the infiltration of gangster rap, starting with uh, starting a little bit with N.W.A., but really blowing up huge with Dr. Dre's The Chronic, where it just became let's get them high, let's make them want to fuck, and then kill each other. It's crazy, which seems like a weird cycle, but it's just like you know someone's making money off of people just getting killed in the streets and no one talks about it and I wrote that thesis in what 2000 it'll be it'll be 20 years that's a 20 year old concept that I wrote about and and even then it was 10 years old so this is a 30 year old concept that I've been aware of and no one talks about it It's just crazy. Like, who is profiting the most from black people just killing each other? Why? Why? Our music is horrible. I don't I don't even claim that music. I can't listen to that. I was listening to uh, Tevin Campbell. If you go on YouTube, people have some horror stories about his childhood in the music industry. I mean, he basically was just molested, it sounds like, and a bunch of other child stars. And it makes me sad because, you know, I like his music, but I don't want to give people money, you know, because he seems to not be financially stable. So what I think people don't understand is if you don't write the songs, you're not going to be the one that gets rich when the music gets played. So the reason why the music industry looks so sinister, aside from the content, um, And why so many of your favorite artists are like, you know, bagging groceries or just living regular lives, working as accountants or something. It's because uh, if you didn't write the song, you don't get the publishing. So whoever owns your publishing is the person who gets wealthy. That's why some artists had labels and it looked like they're the only person that has the money because all the people who are on the label are broke as a joke. Or, you know, they're not they're not living like that person's living. So um, you're just a hired hand. You're just the person that comes in and sings. They give you a quote unquote record deal and you make money off of that deal 
Uh, and then once that deal is up, so 20 years later, if you're not still, you know, a viable artist, you don't get a new contract and you, you're not making money off of, uh, the record, you know? So that's why sometimes it seems like a person is more valuable to a record company once they die. Like that's a whole business. That's a whole business. There is a company more than one, probably by now that manages dead people's rights. So whoever owns the music publishing, uh, they get rich. Whoever controls the images and the, the, you know, um, just everything around the artists, even though they're dead, there's a company that just manages all of that. They license, you know, whether that person's going to be on a t-shirt, they just handle it like the person's still alive, but they're not. Yikes. So there is an incentive and this wasn't in my YouTube search. This is just an example I'm thinking of. So there's an incentive for people to not help Amy Winehouse get off drugs because she's making money still for someone, even though she hasn't been alive in what, 10 or 11 years. Right. And it's just kind of scary that someone could be that evil, but I think it happens all the time. There's an incentive to keep pushing Whitney Houston and and Amy Winehouse too. They both were the same in terms of they clearly were addicted to drugs. They clearly were burnt out. They clearly needed to heal, get well, and maybe recover. They might not ever recover. You do that kind of damage to your body, Um, smoking and drinking and doing all those heavy, heavy, hard drugs. You know, but they needed that time to be off and they they didn't. I don't think they got it. And I don't think people were incentivized to give it to them because they were making people money. And that doesn't stop when that person dies. You know, their catalog skyrockets. And we live in a morbid. This is just like a morbid time. And most of us are completely unaware of it. Completely unaware. YouTube, though, YouTube has the receipts. And there are a lot of people that you've bought music uh, and they are either struggling or someone, um, you know, is profiting from them. And they went through hell to make those records. I mean, I think I think a couple years ago I heard someone say that we were at the beginning of an awakening. And I guess I kind of hoped that that meant, it, you know that we were people were just going to be enlightened and it's but I didn't realize how long and hardcore the process was going to be you know what I mean we're going to see I'm convinced the world is just run by these uh weird sex cults because sex seems to be the thing that uh makes people crazy you know it makes people drunk with power I think it's the thing that people like holding over other people's head for control. You know, um, they use it as a, they've weaponized it really to manipulate a lot of people. And I think that there are a lot of industries, especially in the entertainment industry, that are just being run by these weird sex cults. I really do. It sounds outlandish, but (laughs) I don't think I'm wrong. (laughs) And there are people who... You know, I don't think I can watch another award show. You know, I wasn't watching the Oscars when Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. I, I, I don't, 
I just don't watch those things anymore. Um, but now I really won't. I wasn't going to see Will Smith's new movie anyway. I'm, I'm not watching any more Slave Projects. We're still alive. Ugh. I wish I could play some cool music. Early on, Anchor used to allow you to play all kinds of audio. And now, you know, in order to in order for me to be able to add music to my podcast, I'd have to go exclusively on Spotify. Well, I ain't doing it without one of those Joe Rogan contracts because most of my listeners don't listen to me on Spotify. But it sure would be nice because I'd like to break up some of these words with music and I would be playing some Tevin Campbell because I really enjoyed Tevin Campbell and I hope that he is well and recovered from what he sacrificed to to give us some good good songs i i thought he had a great voice as a little boy and i i still listen to his music and i still enjoy it and i just hope he has peace in his life because fame is fame the fame machine is real i keep trying to tell you guys the fame machine is real and you either survive it or you don't and a lot of people don't and when you hear the details of what they had to go through to get famous for a lot of them you realize why they don't. And I think there are a few people who avoid all that and do it the right way and get it done because of their tenacity. They're talented, but they're also tenacious. And the person that comes to mind the most to me is Rachel McAdams. She's super famous, but you don't know anything about her. You don't know where she lives. You don't know what she's up to. Like, I think she low-key has had a couple of kids. She might even be retired but she just lives her life. And she has had, if you go back and look at her catalog of work, it's outstanding. She's made some, you know, some okay projects, but she's also made some outstanding ones. And she has a wide variety from superhero, from like Marvel comic movies to uh, romantic comedies to some pretty hardcore dramas. Yeah, she's amazing. She did it right. She's Oprah has done a great job managing her success and her fame. You don't hear much about her. But I'm going to tell you what, YouTube does not love Beyonce and Jay-Z. I don't know what's going on there. But um, I think from a public relations standpoint, they do a great job managing their uh, privacy. You you only know what they want you to know. And that's pretty incredible. All right. So I hope everybody's doing well. And uh, I had a really good 2022 in the sense that I got a lot of things accomplished and uh, personally and professionally, I've grown as a human being. And I think that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the next chapter, what it looks like. You know, I think there'll be new things, new opportunities, not only for me, but for you guys as well. You know, let's uh, focus on, on what we want, who we want to be, what we're going to leave in 2022, you know, because it's done. It's almost a wrap. We got a couple more days. I even paid my uh, St. Louis County taxes on time. What? What? Please be your best. If you listened all the way through, you are a super fan and I love you for it. Thank you so much. Be your best. We'll meet back here soon. Amen.